It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Hard-edged, hard-nosed, hard to beat. Where are you coming from in this one? Your 100% essential download. Jim White and Simon Jordan. You let this get out of control. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Hi, this is Jim White, and thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. Following transfer deadline day, myself, Simon, Alex Crook and Danny Murphy reflect on the window closing. We discuss Chelsea splashing the cash, Brighton keeping hold of Caicedo and the worrying lack of business at Everton. Plus, we reflect on Newcastle reaching their first cup final since 1999 as they booked a date at Wembley for the League Cup final. A lot to get through between now and one o'clock. Danny, were you impressed by the uh, business that Chelsea did? in this window? No, I think they're overpaying for players and I still don't think the majority of their first 11 gets in anywhere near City's team. So, not really. Well, they just signed a World Cup winner. I mean... I've, I've watched him. I did three of their games. I watched him live. He's decent. He's not 100 million. He's not 100 million. They've been absolutely bent over there. I mean, it's, But was Jack Grealish? No, and yeah, and that's the going... But it's... He's, he's a good midfielder. He's tenacious. He's young. He gets on the ball. He's brave. But he's not... He's not Rodri. He's not Casemiro. So they're over, they're overspending on players. People are seeing them come, and they're just taking taking their pants down, basically. Well, they certainly spent a fortune, Simon. Have they not? I mean, the, the previous January spend was the record spend was four hundred and thirty million in twenty eighteen. This one eight hundred and fifteen. Of that, Chelsea's share was three hundred and eighteen million. Yeah. They spent more in January than all of the Bundesliga, Serie A, Liga, and La Liga combined. Is it prudent spending? How do you describe their spending? No. I mean, what is prudent is about the manner in which they're putting their players on their balance sheet with longer-term contracts because in the short term, that enables them to spend twice the money that others do by signing mm. people on four-year contracts. Danny's point is right, but wrong, because it's not them that are, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not them that are driving the market prices. It's release clauses. Yeah, that's So true. they're finding themselves caught, with the exception of Cucurella, which was a situation where they were bent over. Um, and 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 taken advantage of, and that is what all owners get when you first walk through the door. Everyone makes mistakes, and you learn from them. But in this situation, they're buying players on the basis of release clauses. So the market you don't price, have to buy them. Well, no, you don't. But if you decided you want to buy that player, then yeah, you're not determining the outcome of how much you pay for him. You're just meeting the release clause. Yeah, but the then, but then, if you're looking, I my personal view is that if you've got good recruitment, you can find a midfielder of that quality for a lot less who hasn't got a release clause for 100 million. Well, I mean that's subjective, isn't it? It's, it is. I mean, the proof will be in the pudding. There was an argument here raging when Sunis was here about Casemiro being a steady Eddie. 
Yeah. Now you're sitting across the table suggesting well, that, that. Well, no, I'm just telling you what Graham says. Yeah, right? that, so it's subjective. Isn't that was it? a strange one. Yeah, but the point is it's subjective. Now well, you can turn around and say that we can we can we can trawl across the world to find a, a footballer that does a particular job at half the price. Okay, I'm assuming you've got a ready list of candidates that can fill that particular observation. It's not my job to. Well, I no, would. but the point is, if you're going to make those sort of observations, then you should be able to support it with a, with a supporting set of, of, um, uh, of information. But I think Chelsea are doing what Chelsea want to do. And the argument will be, is it prudent? Well, where does prudency come into spending 500, 600 million quid? Prudency mm. isn't part of the word that football actually ever operates under anyway. It's all madness most of the time. And the bottom line is, is that Chelsea have tried to make sense of it by putting players on longer-term contracts that will give them the opportunity to spend £600 million and make it look like £300 million every year. Right. <laughs> so that sounds prudent to me. Uh, Danny, Chelsea fans laying into you even this early on in the show. Uh, there's James. Can I almost taste the bitterness from Mr Murphy this morning? Bitter why? Uh, there's Chris Humphreys. <laughs> the tears from Danny. It's glorious. <laughs> there's no tears. Just uh, I, Whether they spend a billion or half a billion or none, I don't care. I just think they're overspending on players. You could go through the squad and look at a lot of the players and what they've spent, and I say you're over you're overpaying for the quality you're getting. And is that squad? <clears throat> I mean, there's too many players for a start. That's going to be a problem for the manager. We talked about the other week in terms of man managing. You know, keeping a lot of big egos in check is difficult for the best managers. Um, does you pick an eleven out of the Chelsea squad? It's not better than C. And, and they're paying for potential, aren't they? Both in, in, in this yeah. case with Fernandes and with Mudrick to a certain extent. They're, they're probably going to be very good players down the line. But the Premier League is an unforgiving beast. It's a massive step up from the Portuguese league. And for that kind of money, Chelsea fans will be expecting an immediate return. So straight away, there's a lot of pressure uh, heaped on a young player. He's a good and, player, but he's not a goal scorer or creative. So you won't see this, you know, like loads of mid goals coming from midfield. It's not a Frank Lampard type. He more sits in there and yeah. dictates play. He's a decent player. They're not going to be disappointed watching him play. But he, if and Mudrick's another, he's, he could be a superstar somewhere down the line. But what you're talking about, if you're going to spend hundreds of millions, you want to win the league. Well, they'll certainly give it the that, best that shot from this point onwards, will they not? I mean, talk about no expectation chance. at Chelsea now. I, I, I'm, I'm tended to agree with Danny. I look at the, the names they've signed on paper. I look at the squad now. It's still a bit disjointed to me. It's still bloated. I, I don't see them immediately closing that gap in the top four. I don't think they get Champions League football this season. So straight away next season, Graham Potter, I think, is under a huge amount of pressure to hit the ground running. And I also wonder, on, on behalf of the owners, I think Todd, Todd Bowley's a good man with good intentions, but how much of this purchase is ego-driven, not just by Todd Bowley, but by the recruitment team that he's assembled? They were not leaving Portugal without bringing back Enzo Fernandes. Sometimes, you, you just have to walk away and say, actually, maybe this deal isn't quite working out for us. But why do you worry? I mean, it's Todd Bowley's money. They've spent two and a half billion buying a football club. And if they perceive, and they've got people in there that are grounded. I mean, Paul Winstanley comes in from Brighton that's not used to spending £100 million. On so transfers. he wants to prove himself so, by getting yeah, these big he deals He wants done. to prove himself. But don't forget the other side of the argument is if you go making signings for a, for a chairman or an owner and you prove yourself and you make those mistakes, you're going to you're gonna bring your shelf life forward really quick. Yeah. So it's all, all good running around waving your willy. It's another thing being able to deliver outcomes that are far more sustainable <laughs> in the longer term. So you've got to think about the bigger picture rather than just a small-term scenario where... Oh, people are trying to prove themselves. I think there's method to Chelsea's madness. They're buying younger players. They've got an average player age of 20. Everybody buys potential. Mm. The tragedy in this marketplace now is potential's getting packaged up as end product. It's already there at 100 million quid. What next now? 200 million pound buys a player that's actually arrived rather than is still on his journey? Yeah. There's one message, Danny, from Lewis, West Ham fan. Is that the end of Declan Rice to Chelsea then after all of this? Probably. 
Yeah. But you don't know with the way Chelsea are going. I don't know. Because, I mean, you've got to look in their midfield as well. Will they be looking to have wholesale changes? Can say, is he going to sign a new deal? I think he will, yeah. So that that obviously would block, probably block Declan Rice. But the rumours always rise that it's Arsenal are more yeah. I mean, interested it, than Chelsea. Chelsea undoubtedly were the story of this window. Uh, of that, honestly, it, it, it cannot be emphasised more that they came in and they did it. So a massive sense of expectation now amongst the, the Chelsea support as to what will happen now. Alex, I can't remember, in all the years I've done it, uh, more suspense than that last five minutes last night when we thought, Fernandez, is it going to get over the line? Is it not? Will it happen? Will it not? And with seconds to go, the text came in um, and it was all important that we got it at that time. And it came from someone at the very top. We've got one more hour. We've got that hour extension. And that did it. It that was, did it. It was great deadline day drama. And because it was an overseas purchase, you had to get it done within the hour. For Premier League to Premier League transactions, you get two hours once you've submitted a deal sheet. I mean, it was it was brilliant entertainment. It was, it was a brilliant transfer window. So many stories. One thing we haven't touched upon, and maybe we might in the next part of the show, I know Simon has already raised this with me privately. You look at the money that's been spent, over £800 million, only £25 million going back into the EFL. £15 million of that was what Leicester paid to Stoke for Harry Souter. So basically, the bulk of the money that English clubs are spending yep. is going into the pockets of overseas clubs. That's a concern. That's a great mm. point. Hard-edged, hard-nosed, hard to beat. Outspoken with White and Jordan. So morning after the night before, and it was quite a night, especially if you're a Chelsea fan, it's Jim White, Simon Jordan, Danny Murphy and Alex Crook. We're live in Talk Sport. And of course, we're picking over the bones of what was a quite sensational transfer deadline day. Annika, all clubs by potential. And as a Manchester United fan, we also overpay for players. I, I doubt it will stop anytime soon. What we know, Alex, is that Manchester United were forced to make a late move for Marcel Sabitzer, the Austrian midfielder on loan from Bayern Munich after Christian Eriksen was ruled out for three months. So Sabitzer is in there. Um, is he a strong enough replacement? I think he's the best they could have got at short notice and with owners who didn't want to invest in a permanent signing this window. I think the main aim coming into January was to find a, a short-term solution in terms of replacing Ronaldo. They've done that without Veghorst. They wanted a backup goalkeeper. They got that with Jack Butland. And as the severity of Ericsson's injury began to materialise, they scoured the market for somebody who would be available as a short-term fix. A bit... Uh, Known to their scouting department for some time, as I understand it. They see him as experienced, energetic, a leader. He can score goals. Hasn't been brilliant for Bayern Munich. He was a very good player at RB Leipzig. I don't think they could have done much better uh, under those perimeters. And I think you have to trust Eric Ten Hag, who ultimately had final say in this transfer. And they had to get somebody because that midfield is light, not just because of the Ericsson situation. Van der Beek is out for the season. Scott McTominay picked up a knock at the weekend. And they're still in full competition. So... I think what you have to say is they acted quickly and yeah, that hasn't yeah, always yeah. been the case in the past. That's right. I mean, I think United fans, like all the other fans of every other club bar Chelsea, Danny, are standing back thinking, what the hell's going on? We've got to do something. And then they thought, as Alex said, well, Ericsson's gone for a while. What are they going to do? They did act. They did operate. They moved in. They got this boy. Yeah. I mean, he's um, he is experienced, which he's played in big arenas. You know, he's somebody who hopefully for United will be able to deal with that because it is pressure going to a club like United he's not like Eric. Ericsson's more silky Ericsson's more of a playmaker so bits he likes to get on the end of things He'll, he's got a bit more athleticism and energy um, good strike on him can score a goal he has had a stop start time at Munich hasn't he he's not, he's not been a regular but um, yeah it's numbers and it's it's somebody as I say who's used to playing at 
you know, big level, big stadiums, and, and should be able to cope with it. But don't expect him to be like Ericsson and drop in and play round corners and open mm. up teams with his passing. He's not really that. So, Danny, I mean, Brighton's Moises Casado, Arsenal failed not once but twice, second bid, 70 million. He stays at Brighton. How that will go down next time he goes out in front of the Brighton fans remains to be seen. We'll talk about that in a moment. So Arsenal move and they get Jorginho, 12 million. You give that the thumbs up, right? 100%. Really clever bit of business, that. <clears throat> Partey, I think he's struggling a bit. He's, he's, he doesn't tend to play a full season, but I heard he, he come off, didn't he, half-time in the City game? Yeah, I think it's only minor, though. <clears throat> yeah, think, but he's okay. you need some cover, I think he is somebody who you know will cope with any high-pressure situation he's put into, whether it's off the bench, whether starting, if they're still in the race, which they should be with 10 games to go and Partey's injured, Jorginho coming in the team is, you know what you're going to get. Yeah. He doesn't quite have Partey's physicality, but knitting the game together, talking to people around him, knows the position. I think, it, I mean, anyone doubting that move, I, I don't see where the scepticism comes really. For the Sam, price, for 12 mil, what is it, 18-month contract? I think it's a great bit of business. Simon, this is where I think at times the window itself and the dealings that get, get uh, done, it's almost illogical. How can Arsenal then go from a failed £70 million bid for Casado that what we do now, how about 12 for Jorginho? And they get him. Um, well, look, I mean, Arsenal do business in a certain way or just do all clubs and you know the absence of intelligence doesn't make it mutually exclusive in terms of what they're trying to achieve the fact they went after one player and that player fell away not having a a position where you wanted to look at an alternative will probably be more remiss of them. Now, Jorginho is an opportunity that probably landed in their lap because Chelsea are looking at it again. He's going to be out of contract. He's on our balance sheet worth four or five million quid. We sell him for 12 million quid. We banked a seven million pound profit. We probably covered one part of a deal that we've done somewhere else. So there's sense to it. Mm. The fact that they're prepared to sell him, uh, Chelsea, tells you where they think they are at this, at this particular time at the season because they're actually furthering Arsenal's gain by doing it because they're adding value to Arsenal. And they bought everybody else. <laughs> and they bought everybody else, sure, absolutely. Um, but notwithstanding it, I just I don't think it's as bleak as what you're painting it, which is you go, hang on, you've gone from seventy million quid over here to twelve million pounds over there. Well, opportunity, I mean. opportunity, well, it, not. It's about being flexible, isn't it? Yeah, the, other, the, so. the other thing we're missing Fleur here is, is they're different midfielders. Jorginho, Doing different jobs. Yeah, yeah. yeah so exactly actually, right. it's. I, there is some logic in it when you think if if they really want the lad at Brighton and he is a, cer a certain type, then if you're going to go and get somebody to replace him, you're just filling the space for when he comes, they hope, in the summer, I would imagine. Mm. I mean, so, have, we, have we entered new territory now, though, Simon, in terms of what is value in the market? Is it now impossible to grasp what a player's actually worth? Well, beauty's in the eye of the beholder, isn't it? I question whether Arsenal actually genuinely believed that there was any opportunity to get the Brighton player because they were really clear Brighton mm. from the get-go. And, and, and Tony Bloom isn't one of those that plays hide-and-seek with himself. You know, he's very clear in what he does and doesn't want. So it looks like a good uh, set of, of, of motivation and ambition from Arsenal to go put a £70 million bid in for a player that they really weren't going to get and it supports the narrative that Arsenal cannot not take advantage of. This is the moment, come with the hour, come with the owner, buy this opportunity because you could win the Premier League as yeah. a result of it. Or we tried, yeah. but we did some business. But, you know, value is, like I've said, it's in the eye of the beholder, but we've discussed it a moment ago. You know, the release clauses that people are putting in contracts are defining whether players can and can't be bought and what they can and can't be bought for. The only reason Jack Grealish went for 100 million quid because he damn straight ain't worth it is because Aston Villa had the foresight to put a 100 million pound clause in there thinking no one was mad enough to do it. Yeah. Right? And they did. And the same thing with Benfica. Benfica, they must be sitting there rubbing their hands thinking that all the Christmases have come at once. Because irrespective of how good this player may be, he ain't no 105 million pound footballer. Sure, no. sure. Alex, I don't know about you. I say hats off Brighton. 
Mm. Incredible effort. He's not for sale, Casado. Not once, but twice. He's not for sale. He's not going I, I, I Don't, don't agree. try again. I, don't try again. 70 million for Casado. I'd have drove him there. Me too. I mean, that's Me ridiculous. Too. I mean, he could do a cruise ship next month. So yeah. Tony, Tony Bloom and Paul Barber know what they're doing, so why did they not do that? Well, because they think they'll because get they it in the summer. To. They've booked 60 million pounds of a profit in transactions this year. I'd still they're not. They're, yeah, I understand that, but they've also got a manager in the door, and if they, they start letting Trossard go, they start making decisions left, right and centre, they need to give him the tools to do a job. Now, w- you know, I know what you're saying, which is doomsday, right? which is basically he could do a cruise ship, right? And the player... No, but also, I was going to add, I was going to add also the player's mentality changes overnight. Well, that's, a, that's the call you make based upon the individual player. Exactly. Because if that player suddenly gives you the Marius treatment, which is basically, I don't care what you do, I'm going to go and strike. No, I don't mean that. I mean, view. just, I mean, some, even subconsciously when you're on the pitch, he's thinking he's missed out on his move. That can be that can be heavy on you. But there's high-profile examples of players who've gone the other way. Cristiano Ronaldo wanted to leave United for Real Madrid a year before he actually got the move. Fergie asked him to give them one more season. He played arguably the best football of his career. Virgil van Dijk stayed on at Southampton probably an extra six months and he wanted to. And again, his performance play. levels yeah. didn't dip. He, no, didn't, he, 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 didn't, he didn't play. They, yeah, he trained with the team. kids. Yeah, only, only for a, a few Alex, days. This is what I'm seeing from Brighton fans. Here's Adam, a Brighton fan. Morning, guys. Cassidio's professional. Brighton fans know. The I'm sure he is. I'm saying it's, he's a good lad, by As a Brighton fan, I have no issue with what's happening. I'm just happened. saying it's a possibility oh. that it'll weigh on him. And oh, the right. fact is, 70 million quid is good. But that's a more than oh, fair right. price. Let's have it right here, right? Let's not get too carried away with the narrative that the kid's a professional. He's out there putting social media posts about what well, he did. Well, he's probably not. Didn't, but, well, yeah. he, well, his name's too. He it. allowed himself to yeah, do it. It was yeah. his Instagram. It might yeah. be in the words put together by his agent, yeah. but notwithstanding it, let's not get carried away and but shroud him. But the fans will still embrace him, Simon, won't they? Well, so they're they, a good lot. So they should, because ultimately there is no excuse for a footballer downing tools that they can't get precisely what they want. Brighton gave him an opportunity. Let's yeah. remember that. Brighton yeah. gave him an opportunity, and his talent gives him the next opportunity. And out the door he'll go. And all this ridiculous narrative that's being built up. Some of these players are having just a little bit too much to say for themselves about what they should and shouldn't be doing. You know, Gundogan talking about how Man City are playing. Players going to Everton, uh, to, from Everton to Newcastle, saying, I'm glad I've gone so that I can give the club back 45 million yeah, quid. Do one. Yeah. You're only going because it suits you. I think also, Jim, if you look at this Brighton situation, they, they had to stand firm because they've got other players who in the not-too-distant future are going to be very sought after. They've got a World Cup winner in Alexis McAllister. They've got Mitoma, who is going to go on and play for one of the top clubs in the Premier League and, and will play regularly in the Champions League. If they bow to player pressure, and I think it's more agent pressure than player pressure, Absolutely. in this scenario, it sets a bad precedent. And McAllister, if, he, if he's that way inclined which I don't believe he is but he could be might think yeah. well I'll do what Moises did and I'll get my move but what? I don't think Brighton are, I don't think Brighton are saying no because they want to show show this this image or they give this it's perception. partly a show of strength I don't think so I think, I think, it's, just, I think it's a simple case of from a footballing perspective, we haven't got, we can't replace him right now, and actually, we don't need the money. Well, I think I would categorise Brighton as big winners in this window, holding on to McAllister, holding on to Casado, and life goes on, and they're on the up. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Welcome to the Coliseum of Confrontation. Outspoken with White and Jordan from the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Well then, they got there. They did it. Newcastle beat Southampton 3-1 over two legs to reach their first final in 24 years. It's the Carabao Cup final and you have to think, no offence Nottingham Forest fans, it'll be Manchester United who they will meet in the final. United 3-0 up from the first leg of their semi-final over Forest. Going to talk Newcastle, going to talk Eddie Howe in a second. Short time ago, Newcastle legend John Beresford, somewhat gravelly voiced, was delighted. Well, if you listen to my voice, uh, I was celebrating uh, into the early hours of, uh, of this morning. Um, honestly, I'm still buzzing now. I cannot express my delight and to share it with, and, and to, well, the atmosphere after the game, the relief that was there, it was phenomenal. Honestly, I, I, I can't tell you how good it is. John, if it's going to be Manchester United and it looks like it, what chance do you give uh, Newcastle? Oh, massive. I just, you know, sometimes I always think, the, we've always said for Newcastle, he, he, he's, always a, he's always a banana skin. He's, he's, there's always something around the corner that's going to trip him up. I just think that we've had so much rubbish in our lives over the last 15, 20 years. I just think all of a sudden, we deserve a little bit of luck. But we're not, we're not just got luck now. We've got a proper team with a proper manager and as I say, I, the confidence that's flowing through the football club now is he's second to none. And I, I expect it to be Man United and I expect us to win. So, John Beresford, quite rightly, absolutely thrilled at what's going on at Newcastle United. Newcastle United third in the Premier League at this time. Danny Murphy alongside Simon this morning. Danny, has there been a bigger upturn in fortunes under one manager in such a short space of time? Doesn't spring to mind, to be honest. I'm sure there are a few examples, but I can't think of any. I mean, I, like many others, never saw it coming. Not this quick. I mean, what they've done is remarkable in terms of their balance of play. So they're brilliant defensively, best defence in the Premier League. But they're also a team that has a good go. You know, they they, they defend well together and they all go yeah. forward together. It's a really, really compact team in both aspects of play. They've done remarkably well physically as well. Their numbers in terms of their physical output's huge. I don't know if that affects them moving forward because it's the same 11 a lot of the time. The fitness levels are tremendous. So overall, yeah, it's a remarkable job. Absolutely remarkable. I mean, we sat on this show, I think Simon and I, a bit sceptical early on when he came in. 
Um, and it's nice to be proven wrong in many ways. That and, it, and I think although the ownership model, of course, we know all about that. We've talked about it. I think it's good for the Premier League to have Newcastle up there. Oh, and, think, and and the more competition, the better. And and even though even the way Chelsea are doing it, Liverpool will have a go. I'm sure this summer, maybe we'll have a, a more competitive yeah, league. Yeah, because for I, for so long now it's been Liverpool City, Liverpool City, Liverpool are the only ones who've been pushing City four Premier Leagues in five years. Exactly. We, we Get need, Newcastle in there. Yeah, I think I think they're Brilliant. a bit off. I think they're a bit off winning the league. I think they're a bit off winning the league. Well, but, so um, did Sean Longstaff and Dan Byrne when we suggested that the other day. Sam, and you've had a bit of a love-hate relationship with Newcastle United fans. He has you, that with everyone. You pleased for them? Um, <laughs> yes and no. <laughs> uh, um, I, I, I know. No. Well, I, like all fan bases, there's a section of a fan base that are just stupid and say stupid things. But on the whole, so most fan bases though, are committed mm. and very much focused on their football club and want the very best for it. And of course, that section Who of the fan base... Newcastle fans are stupid? Well, I don't know their names personally, but I've had the misfortune of reading some of their rubbish on social media and seeing it pop up on our Twitter feeds when you just don't say something that they particularly like. You have to praise in every single word. If you dare say anything that's not praise, all of a sudden you're, you're, you're saying dreadful things about their football club. I, you know, this is the fourth cup. This is the cup that no one really cares about in terms of the Premier League clubs are looking at the EFL Cup and wanted not to play anymore. It's been talked about being dropped. So it's, it's a not... cup final at Wembley. And, it's and a springboard. And then Come the other on. side of the argument. It is a and then the other side of the argument. Cut them a bit. Of slack. And then the other side of the argument is it is exactly that. It's a cup final. It's a it's a major cup. It's a cup that I've advocated for keeping. And well, I you don't wanted w- to get there with Palace. Of course I did. So so I'm giving you both sides of the argument. I'm suggesting that it's the it's the cup that most people value least. You know, if you probably talk to people like Sir John Hall and his view on things, he probably doesn't think the the the, uh, the Carabao Cup or whatever it is is particularly <laughs> valuable. But notwithstanding that, if you look at it and say Newcastle have got to cup final, if they win this cup final, it's a remarkable achievement because you know we were talking about a club that's been so dysfunctional with its relationship with its owner for the last eighteen months. I, 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 Danny's absolutely right. I did not see and believe that Eddie Howe would have the impact that he's had. Mm. I think it's a perfect storm. Because you've got this irresistible force and at this moment in time there is no immovable object because the Premier League isn't functioning the way it normally does with Liverpool and Chelsea operating at a high level. Newcastle have come in against a backdrop of everybody so disenfranchised with the owner. A new set of guys coming in. By the way, a rather unpalatable set of guys which seems mm. to be lost in the translation but let's put all that to one side. And Newcastle have spent money wisely. I did not see Eddie Howe and Jason Tindall being as effective as they are and I think their management has been brilliant. Whether they'll get... Newcastle to the promised land is a different discussion but to get them to a final Mm. and to put them third in the league is a remarkable achievement I don't think there's been a Premier League story like it you can look back into the championship Dowie managing for me at Palace when they were third from bottom gets promoted Roy Keane doing the same thing at Sunderland you know when Sunderland was second from bottom in the championship got promoted in the same season those are tales of turnarounds but this is a remarkable turnaround in Premier League times. It's incredible. I think probably the only see, one I could see. think of was Ranieri. I know Pearson did a lot of good mm-hmm. for Leicester, but Ranieri going in there and turning them from yeah. near the bottom to see winning the See they win league. the cup. See they win uh, yeah. at Wembley. See they win it and end up top four. Does that make Eddie Howe an elite manager? No, because an elite manager is over a period of time yeah. with a, you know, a significant level of achievements. It's difficult because ultimately you watch this cup final between two fan bases is like which disease do I want less I'll tell you what the Man United whining fans that are constantly bitching about their owner or Newcastle fans that are constant victims about oh, every I'll time you wearing, say anything I'll and you wonder why Newcastle fans pile onto you I'll be wearing well, black and white which disease do you want less in terms of which not your best choice of words Mr Jordan 
Well, look. Which disease but I know what do you, you mean? want best? You know, you know what I mean. Where are you coming I, from? I think that Newcastle fans, on the whole, are brilliant fans. But there is a segment it's of those fans. No, no, I don't care. On. I don't care what they think of me. They, 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 they probably don't care what they think of you. I don't care what they think. They probably don't care what I think of them. The bottom line is is that Newcastle fans now have an opportunity to get behind their club and embrace the opportunity that, that Middle Eastern money's given them. Essential download. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. Please leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. We'll be back each weekday to bring you the best of the show. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.